because it, it was getting a little tense there at the end. Oh, no, we're all good uh, in the sense that uh, what happened to us is continuing on today, this week. Back to back weeks, we've made it. Uh, hey, look at us. You know, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, everything uh, was taken care of. Uh, I will have to look at the phone because I no longer have the setup I had before because I need research quickly material. Uh, so that's mm. going to happen. But uh, yeah, the apartment was sorted for the most part uh, by so me. You're, you sit, so you're out, out. I'm out, out, yeah. That was out, out that day. There was just, uh, yeah, it was uh, kind of a one of those situations where the roommate thought that they also had till the 8th to get out and they had till the 1st. And I, Common mistake. And I, I let them mistake. hang about till the 4th where they said they'd be fully out and then they were not. So. Fun. End of an era, man. End of an era. I mean, I've been there for a decade almost, I'd say. So. Hell, I, li I lived there for two months. Yeah. Three, two, three months, yeah. Good times. Good time. the, those. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to figure out. There, this is the one. Get a little quiet on my end, so I just want to pick you up a well, bit. Now, now you're gonna have a bit of a longer drive to get to the den. Uh, uh yeah. Then, Not that the walk, but you're probably gonna be go going there quite. It's the same amount that you do now. Exactly. Did, which is zero. I did appreciate, uh, and maybe we talked about it last week. I don't remember that that you and I. No, we did that. You and I made their uh, their anniversary. Uh, yeah, the photo, photo dump, which was that was that was nice. No, it was, was nice. you know, it's it's nice to be appreciated as one of the regulars that used to be the reason that bar made it. Old for, school, yeah, so. yeah. Though though had I mean walking in now, no, I mean out, unless Brett himself, the owner, I don't imagine anybody else would. Uh, no, the hostess that they had there when they started getting a hostess is still a hostess. There. Is she? Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, I didn't really get to know her that well, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. She, uh, Caitlin, I think is her name. You could tell me any name and I would believe you. Yeah. No, there's no other staff that outside of Brett uh, and Joe, Joe the cook. She, she's ah. still that, that she yeah, had I'm, a nice I'm, little I'm, moment on um, uh, what was it? Uh, TMZ or she went viral for a hot second because there was a girl getting kicked out of the den at the end of the night. And oh, she's I like, uh, it was hilarious. It was it was making the rounds about this the 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 girl who was getting kicked out. She's like, I Joe, who's a uh, a, she's a lesbian, uh, has a more of a masculine appearance. She's feminine enough, but she does have a masculine side. That, uh, she's that like, was a that was a trend in the den kitchen over the years. Yes, but she um, she was kicking out this woman, and she's like, stop! Like she's like, I am like it was a whole like you're 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 attacking a woman. She's like, I am a woman, kind of thing. Mm. And so it, it was. Joe was hilarious in the moment. So I'm not gonna lie. The the posts that <clears throat> I I don't really know why I still follow them. Uh, but the posts that they, you know, they, they try to show their, show off their food cause they're kind of fancy food now. Yeah. Uh, it looks fucking good. Oh, the food. Like, does. like a couple friends of the show, uh, our old den crew went on Sunday because football's back there. Uh, cause that was a sound business decision. Wait, who went, um, who went on Sunday? Uh, friend of the show, Leslie and, uh, Janine. Oh, den denners. Uh, they went, uh, for football. And they, you know, had a plate. They sh they showed a table of food, and it looked very good. Because I'm not gonna lie, as much as I love the den, food was not great. 
which is why I would bring in McDonald's from down the street. There was a phase of bad food there. I'm not gonna lie. There was a food. There was a phase of fantastic food. The barbecue was fantastic. Oh Oh, god, the entire opening few years when they had that they had like the TV dinner that was served. Oh, the TV dinner. They had some good stuff. That's when Danny was the cook. He was yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, that that that's that's our childhood. We don't we don't need to. We don't have to divulge back much. And uh, with that being said, football is back. We'll do a brief brief sum up of unless, the fun parts. Unless you're a Jets fan, and then see. Oh, but that was fantastic. I mean, Aaron Rodgers uh, running out with the flag on 9/11 when he's a 9/11 truther. Oh yeah. And then that, losing his career on 9/11. I just like. Uh, there were some. There were jokes. There were a lot of. Oh, jokes. so many jokes. Uh, one, some of them more inappropriate than others, but yes, he is a um, well-known 9/11 truther. Uh, that was that was confirmed by um, a former teammate of his, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, who's a quarterback uh, who was drafted to the Packers. Right. Um, where he Deshaun Kaiser was on a, a podcast years later. Like this mm-hmm. was not at the time. This was years later. Like I think he was just. Does he have any memories of? of Aaron Rodgers, whatever it was. And Deshaun said when he was drafted, his very first like time at the facility meeting Aaron Rodgers, the first thing Aaron Rodgers, first thing he said after introducing himself. So do you believe in 9-11? And the, the guy, Deshaun was like, I did, this is him retelling the story. He's right. Like, I didn't know what to say. I was like, uh, yes, yes, I believe in it. And Aaron Rodgers immediately said, maybe you should read up on that. Yeah, I I did yeah. catch. I actually listened to that podcast, and he went deeper. Now it's possible. It's possible Deshaun kind of and Deshaun himself admitted this. It's possible he was that Aaron was just trying to catch him off guard, like just trying to see what his you know he's trying to see what what Deshaun's response would be. Or, but knowing his views on all everything else, I would not be surprised if he is in fact a nine eleven truth. I I did like the fact is like are is he going to take herbal medicines to heal his Achilles from oh this one? Oh my god, there were so many oh, jokes. There's and though so we got to yeah. confer with his other doctor Joe Rogan. Yeah, um, like you know cuz it's been the it's it, Oh, such a good such a, so many good like, jokes oh, that came out of this. Uh and somewhere, it, some, somewhere inappropriate like like so you know, place for the New Jets, place for the Jets, New York City on 9/11 and people were like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to a jet in New York City on 9/11, and I was like, oh, "Okay, okay." And yeah, the and they're asking if he's been treating this with in invector. I can't even remember what it's called. Ivermectin. Ivermectin. I can never pronounce it right. Um, and yes, the Joe Rogan jokes, like his doctor Joe Rogan. Um, and God, it's become such a thing. Like when all these athletes or anybody, whenever they have heart issues, like Bronny James, LeBron's son, or oh, um, did you, did Demar you have Hamlin, the, the football player last year, people's immediate response is, "Oh, he must be vaxxed because of the heart thing." Yeah. Even the, even the, that's just become a talking point on Fox. Even though myocarditis, the heart issue, is far more common with. And not the COVID vaccine, but actually getting COVID makes it far more common. But it just became a thing from like the the, the bots and things that anytime a celebrity or if anytime any athlete has a heart issue, they're like, oh, he must be he must have gotten the jab. It's it's amazing. Vaxxed. It's it's a uh, the, the whole thing, the whole the whole madness that is what that yeah. group of society thinks. 
Yeah, and they, yeah. They, 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 a, get, they, get, they get a point driven into their head enough, and then they start believing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so of course, with the Aaron Rodgers thing, a lot of the jokes were, is he vaxxed? Like, that that was what caused his Achilles injury, which that was funny. Oh, did you see the, uh, speaking of vax, did you see the uh, Djokovic comment? He's like, I'm not you know anti-vax. Honestly, but yes. Yeah, so like Joe, um, like Novak, Novak. I couldn't remember his first name. Uh, you know, I, I have my issues with him. Uh, not even as per- over the years, not even personal issues. It's more that uh, of the big three, he was my least favorite. Mm. So seeing him, I felt the same way about Federer. Even though Federer, there's nothing really to dislike about Roger Federer. Like classy guy, an incredible tennis player. Nothing to dislike about him. I unfortunately because my all-time favorite player was Pete Sampras, and he was breaking Pete Sampras's records. So I hated him. Mm-hmm. Then Nadal came around, and Nadal was my favorite, not for multiple reasons. The left-handed, I always appreciate a good lefty. Uh, not that, not not many of us. Um, and he was just so much fun to watch. So he was my favorite of the big three. And then so when he overtakes Federer, and now Djokovic overtakes him, and I was like, I hate this guy. Because he's not, Djokovic is not even, not particularly personable anyway. Like, he's not like a, I wouldn't call him charismatic in any sense of the word. Um, but yeah, he had a, you know, he he had to, over the last few years, was famously not vaccinated and spoke against the vaccina- vaccine, refused to get vaccinated, re- even got turned away from multiple major tournaments because he wasn't vaccinated. Well, that's because like, the countries like, wouldn't let people that were yeah, not vaccinated. Yeah, like that's Australia. Australia, Australia wouldn't let him in. The U.S. wouldn't let him in. Uh, Wimbledon, England. I don't yeah. remember. If, I think France let him in. I don't think um, so. But yeah, but so he was famously anti-vax, but now he finally sat down and did an interview about it. And honestly, the point he was making, I kind of got. I don't agree with him, but he he made himself look a bit better. Mm. Like like you said, like the fact that he is saying he's not anti-vaccine, he was more against forcing people to get the vaccine, which is a point I kind of get. Yeah. But I still disagree with him. But I, but, but he, the fact that, I mean, cause a lot of the anti-vaccine people are legitimately anti-vaccine. Mm-hmm. He says, he's like, no, I'm not. I just didn't like the way they made, like everybody was forced to get it. He said, that was my problem. And I was like, okay, I get that a bit. I still don't like you, but I get it. Um, but it's still like still one of those things. Like, nobody forced anyone. There was yeah. like, they said, if you don't, then you can't come to the country. Yeah. That's all they said. Yeah, they didn't yeah. say you need like like to enter the country. You need to be vaccinated. That's yeah, it. Yeah. And if, you, if if a private business, if your employer says we're not letting you into our building without getting vaccinated, that's not taking away your freedoms. That just means you're. Bo- it's the whole like First Amendment thing when people are like oh. when people get when people find themselves getting fired for saying awful things, um, like racist things, anything you know, like. And, and, and people keep arguing, oh, First Amendment, First Amendment. It's like, no, the First Amendment does not protect you from, from talk, you know, talking shit to your boss. It protects you from the U.S. government arresting you. Yeah. And, and not, you, not, can't, you can't call your boss an asshole and expect not to be fired. Accountability is something that doesn't exist on that. Like holding yourself accountable, holding like whatever. Um, it's, a, it's one of these things where – you know, I always found it weird when it came to uh, not to bring the sobriety thing in, but the sobriety, like this whole AA thing, like holding uh, God as the reason 
to be sober, like handing over the power of yourself to him to keep. That's how you stay sober. That's essentially like use God as your crutch. Like it's Uh, all accountability. It's like, no, it's you. You're the reason you drank. You not dealing with your own shit is why you drank. Numbing out the pain that you suffer from is why you drink. It's the same thing. It's just a different, different way of looking at it. Like, it's just like, just hold up, hold it on your own. It's like, the same thing. Well, that's how they get the, uh, you know, so, like, I mean, religion has always been tied to like AA and and oh, yeah. and, and like narc narcon narcon narcon. Yeah. Well, no, narcon is the drug. Narconon is the whatever it is. Yeah. Is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so the you know if yeah. rehab rehab essentially, which is uh, you know really because uh, th- that's why Scientology has such a pull on on AA and other. Um, Narconon and things. Man, we're just leading from one way to another, but continue on. I'm just you just opened yeah, the door what, for Scientology, which is going to be fun today. What's that? What's that again? Scientology in today is going also going to pop up. Oh, I have a feeling. Yeah, you so, think? You yeah, think? I think. I think it uh, might. Yeah, yeah, they're having a week. Um, but yeah, so like you know, the whole thing with Scientology is that they they kind of prey on people who are the, their weakest. So of course, who is at their weakest? An addict. An addict seeking help is at their weakest, so that's how I'll, you, you'll see a lot of a lot of famous Scientologists got pulled into the religion because of drug and alcohol issues. Right, like that's like that's not necessarily why they stayed. Because I mean, obviously, there's reasons why you stay in Scientology because you kind of have to because uh, you kind of tell them you know the whole audit they call it auditing when you mm. join Scientology where they sen- essentially get you to admit all your deepest secrets. And then they hold it over you like a blackmail extortion, which is why so many people are in it forever and can't speak against it. And those who try to get out, like Aaliyah Remini, uh, it's a nightmare to get out. Um, who are some of the other ones that Lauren Pop, the, that 70 show, like that 70 show is going to be a conversation part of today, oh, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, Laura, Laura, uh, Laura Prepon. Prepon, was, that's uh, what it is. Yeah, Laura Prepon, who played Donna on that 70 show. Um, yeah, she was, a, she became a Scientologist in the late nineties. Uh, and she got out, she didn't get out until 2016. So she was involved in it for 15 years, but she did get out. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, honestly, we'll, we'll come back to her because of, you know, like I assume which, where you're going with, uh, 18 hours later, hmm. we're back. Did no. we lose everything we had? Nope, nope, not at all. No, we we left off at you talking about Lauren, um, and then Laura. we're and we're gonna get there, okay. and, and then uh, we were talking about religion and feeding off the weak. Yes, yes, and then yes. Uh, so yeah, um, Scientology's having a week with the. Uh... So we're gonna move on from what our original thought was and hop in. <laughs> Well, that's kind of where we were getting. Yeah, we were, we were going. getting there. I just, uh, I, I do apologize for those who are listening. Uh, we, we were halfway through conversation, and internet decided to, or Google decided to be, yeah, shut us down, frozen. I was still talking, which was funny, even though you were completely frozen. Mm. Uh, and I was like, well, maybe he can hear me. I, um, it, it's funny. He's like, usually I can, and I'm like, I was like, this time it was just like it, it shut it completely down, and like you just going. And I was like, okay. Mm, okay. Well, you know, some might argue that's an improvement uh-huh, on, we'll the debate. Show, on the, we'll debate. On the show. Uh, but, but yeah. Uh, so Scientology's week didn't go well. 
yes, yes, because um, so Danny Masterson, yes, uh, was he was actually convicted of rape earlier this summer, so he was already convicted. It was just so happened that this week was the when he was sentenced, hmm. and, and it was no surprise. He was um, he was basically the the guidelines of he was he was convicted of two counts of rape charged with three so the but the third one was uh jury was hung hung jury uh so he but he was convicted of two and it pretty much the guidelines were 30 years to life and that's what he got right but that's not even the the yeah the interesting thing is everything that came after that oh um a lot because, like let's can, can we start off with one thing before we get into the real things the the conan o'brien interview oh yeah yeah from from way back when i mean that was like young conan yes uh, that was when that 70s show was on yes yeah where he uh he said i'll he, i heard about you and you will be caught is essentially what yeah. conan said but he said it in like a joking way that nobody thought anything of it at the time and, um but yeah so so i mean so the, these rapes happened you know 20 years ago but but the whole point was that scientology basically concealed them and and did everything they could to, to throw it under the rug um and succeeded for 20 years essentially mm. um but yeah the thing that really came out was the uh the letters of lean uh, letters requesting leniency um you know i mean so you know that came from various people in danny masterson's life obviously he'd already been convicted but people were writing these letters to hope that the sentence would be lessened a bit it was a lot of people there were 30 some odd people who wrote those letters yeah yeah and a lot of them were some big big names um a lot of the cast several members of the cast that 70 show um the the kitty and red deborah joe rupp and uh, kurtwood smith they both wrote letters um but the ones that people oh uh randomly absolutely randomly uh bill i because i was looking at a list of all the people that wrote letters because obviously mila and ashton get that to that in a second that's the big news one but a, another one that another name that threw out that wrote wrote him a letter was billy baldwin and i was and a lot of people were like billy baldwin that's random and then i was like oh it's because they're related bill um danny masterson is married to bijou phillips bijou phillips is china phillips sister Billy Baldwin's married to China Phillips. So Danny Masterson and Billy Baldwin are brothers-in-law. Mm. Um, so that is why if you see Billy Baldwin writing a letter, that's why. Um, but yes, the Mila, Ash Mila Kunis and Ashton thing was what got the most coverage um, because they wrote, yes, because they wrote, you know, letters saying, you know, how important Danny was to in their life. And it was very tone deaf. It was basically like, okay, I get supporting your friend like if, if your friend's accused of something you know your immediate response is to defend that friend like even though you never really know what's going on in somebody's life even a friend even if it's like a friend of 20 some odd years right but like so but that's but it's it's a little bit different when like somebody's accused of something and you're like no i don't believe it i don't believe that but to defend somebody this vigorously after when they've already been convicted is like ooh, that's a bad look Billy um, makes sense because it's a brother-in-law, like yes, yeah, and, and so I mean, again, like it's hard to defend. I mean, it's very difficult to defend somebody who's been convicted. Yeah, um, it's just trying to but, cut down the sentencing. I think it's like most yeah. of the time is what they're at when you're asked to write those letters. 
speaking from experience yeah but. yeah and it's you know it's it's they wrote yeah and it's and it came out it and then so they were so it's a bad look for them bad mm. look all around um and then they Other wrote they re- well the, oh they released a statement about like uh writing the letters or something yeah like no they released the because vi- because they were getting dragged for like a day or two they released a video of them essentially not apologizing if you watch their video they didn't apologize they kind of explained themselves which did not help because the very first thing that they, their explanation of why they were they basically said like you guys weren't supposed to see this letter they were like we wrote this letter that to the judge and they all but said you weren't supposed to see it um which is like the whole i'm not sorry what i did i'm sorry i got caught for what i did yeah Um, that's not so yeah so it's it's a bad look for them but then it really took so so in people so they specifically were you know wrote the letters but then and like i said like kitty and red but it was also noticeable that the people that didn't write the letter, write any sort of letter. Um, one was Laura Prepon, like we, we were discussing earlier. Um, and she, I especially am curious about that because she has a lot of ties to Danny Masterson. Mm-hmm. Not only were they on the show together, obviously, for seven seasons, but um, Laura Prepon, Prepon dated his brother, Chris Masterson, right. for like for seven years. And they lived together for seven years. Chris Masterson, if you're not familiar, he's an actor too. He played the oldest brother on Malcolm in the Middle. Um, but Laura Prepon got into Scientology around the time she started dating Chris Masterson and Danny Mas- you know, Dan- So, like, basically, you could say the Masterson's got her into Scientology. So, so I'd be very curious to hear her opinions on things. But she obviously was was laying low. Um, Wilmer Valderrama, not a word didn't hear anything i don't so nobody knows if they just had a big falling out or maybe because they were very close back in the day like uh ashton danny masterson and and wilmer were like very very close they owned restaurants together you know they they were they were business they were in business they did the show they seemed to be very good friends so his silence is kind of telling but um but But the one that wilmer wilmer has his own checkered pass in general yeah no honestly he probably saw he probably was like, maybe he saw ahead of time. This might get out. I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not no. going to do this. And the fact because you're, it's it's totally fine to not say something. You know, like we we don't. I feel this way whenever celebrities do like that, like nine on nine eleven. It it bothers me when when the, so many celebrities that just felt the need to post memes and be like, to, you know, just it was like. You just want attention. Like you're doing this, you know, you're, you're posting something to get attention. Nobody asked, you know, it's like nobody really asked you your opinions on 9-11. Um, so, it's, it's, so it's almost like these celebrities, they think that we're keeping track of people who do and don't bring up something like 9-11. Like that will think less of you because you didn't post about it. Mm. It was, you know, which obviously completely unrelated. But so Wilmer was totally, he's probably thinking you know what? I don't have to say anything and I'll be fine because Danny Masterson's going to prison no matter what. So I can just not say anything or they had a big falling out. Who knows? Um, but the, the other, the one that was also very telling was Topher Grace. Topher Grace is getting a lot more grace these days. Ah, uh, in a good way. In a yes. good way. Oh, because it, yeah, 
because a lot of people, their thoughts, it's, it's interesting. Nobody brought up Laura and Wilmer for not saying anything. But a lot of people were very curious, like on Twitter, being like, why hasn't Topher said anything? Is What's going on there? And it, and then people remembered, like, way back when that 70s show was on, Topher was kind of, an, he was sort of vilified at the time in the press because he didn't hang out with the rest of the cast. Like he, they, so evidently like the stories were planted by like the cast members making it seem like he was an asshole who just wanted nothing to do with the show, nothing to do with the cast members. But looking back, it turns out he probably had good reason to not want anything to do with the cast. Like he, yeah, he, He's people have dug up clips of, of like old clips of him. He was on uh, Whitney, um, Cummings. Whitney Cummings podcast yeah. where he basically was like, it just wasn't my life. I I have I had friends. I didn't need Hollywood friends. So like so what would at the time made people think, oh, he's a loner and he's just maybe he's just not that likable. It turns out, no, he might actually be the likable one. He just was distancing himself because the, the stories that have come out are essentially there was like a cult within the show. Yes. Like not even necessarily related, related to Scientology. Danny Masterson, so the the cast were of varying ages when the show came on, but they were young. They were all young. Like yeah. Danny Masterson and, was well, the oldest. Well, Mila was young. She was especially. Danny. Ma so their ages when the show came out was Danny Masterson was 22. He was the oldest. Um, Topher Grace and um, Ashton were both 20. Laura Prepon and Wilmer Valderrama were 18. But like, yes, Mila Kunis was only 14. Right. And famously, she's joked about it over the years that, that like when they cast her on the show, the casting director said, are you 18? And she, she said, I'm going to be. Yes. She didn't specify that she was going to be in four years, but it was uh, obviously they could check her age at some point. But they, I guess they wanted her so badly. They're like, OK, we'll hire a 14 year old. Um yeah, there was like a cult within, like a clique within the show where Danny Masterson was like the head of this group. Right. Like because he was the oldest, they all looked up to him. And and basically he it's like he was the gang leader. But it was not necessarily Scientology related. He was just like the gang leader within the show. And and evidently Topher Grace just never fit in and didn't particularly like Danny Masterson. So they kind of pushed him aside so that's why that's why Topher was considered the outsider and i'm curious if it actually affected his career because i was thinking about it i think Topher I, grace that, has had a fine career like anyway he has like. but it, but i would say that i think he i always have thought he should have been a bigger star like that like maybe it was choices he made like film choices but it but the things that he did have a run there were starring roles where he was, uh, well, he played the fun friend and went a date with Tad Hamilton, but right. he was the best part of the movie. Yes, uh, he had he had a leading role in In Good Company with uh, Star Scarlett Johansson and Dennis Quaid. Great movie. He was uh, he was incredible. Not obviously nowhere near the star, but he was the best part of the Ocean's trilogy when he plays himself. Oh yes, he was great in that. Um, like the, Spider -Man char the character arc. Spider-Man three, not a great movie. No, but but he's getting big roles. He's yeah. getting big roles. Uh, but his 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 character arc in the Ocean's movie was incredible. Ah. Like because in in the first one he's playing he's playing himself the whole time. But in the first one, you know, the joke was that that um, Brad Pitt's character is teaching these celebrities, like young celebrities, how to play poker. And in Topher Grace is just like Topher Grace, like he's learning how to play poker. But then by the second one, he's had like a nervous breakdown where he's like destroying hotel rooms and has really long hair. And then the third one, it's his continued breakdown. It's kind of on par with uh, if you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. 
Crickety Cricket, who starts the very first season. He's a priest, and as the show goes on, he gets more and more deranged and is becomes homeless and becomes like a cannibal, and it's like an ongoing joke. Um, but yeah, so I've always thought Topher Grace should have been a bigger star, and he wasn't. So I'm curious if if the fact that that Danny Masterson was bullying him and pushing him out and Danny Masterson had Scientology behind him, which Scientology has so much power. I am curious if that affected his career. Cause you're right. He has gone done roles. He was awesome in black Klansman. Yep. He's Topher Grace is still working. He, he had a sitcom evidently that I had no idea it existed on CBS for the last several years because who watches CBS? Uh, um, no one, it turns out. So yeah, but it's at least lasted several seasons. Uh, you know, another funny thing that came out because so so now so basically this whole thing has made Topher Grace look better, which I'm very happy about. People were very happy to see it. They're like, oh, good. So he's still a good one. Um, but a, the, another funny thing was how many people are just now learning why his name is Topher. Uh, because his name is Christopher. Yeah, and he just goes by the, the back half. Like every Christopher you've ever met goes by Chris. Uh, I, knew, I used to, to go know Topher and go by before. That's strange enough. Ashton Kutcher's name also Christopher. Ashton's his middle name. Yeah. Um, but that's I just thought that you know most people didn't think about. It. They're like, oh, that's what Topher means. It's Christopher. Yeah. Interesting. It's like the but the, the thing. Oh what? god. Oh no no I was gonna slightly change the subject. So go, oh go for go it. no you switch it over. Don't, don't, oh no 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 to still stay on this. But the thing uh, where this all gets really deep and strange. Uh, so Ashton and Camilo obviously taken a big hit from that, from just the optics of, of supporting, supporting their friend, but it's just a bad look, like just supporting a convicted rapist. But where it really got strange is over the weekend, um, a woman that nobody really knew of, her name was Chrissy um, Bixler. She was Danny Masterson's girlfriend for like six or seven years. Wasn't she one the- of the accusers? yes she was the girl she was his girlfriend for the first five seasons of the show right um and yes she was the third accuser she accused him of rape she was she was the one that was dead where the jury was deadlocked right she was not the one he was and the reason that people think that he was convicted of the two but not of hers was because they were a couple and it's very hard to prove rape like you it's know, hard a to lot prove of rate in like, gen- general. It's not that, that is not an easy thing. Anyway, but when it's a couple, because a lot of people just have that closed mindset of like you can't rape your spouse, you know, which is absolutely not true. Right, absolutely not true. So this Chrissy Bixler, who was his ex girlfriend, um, posted this very cryptic uh, IG story over the weekend, where she called out Mila and Ashton specifically. And nobody really knew what she was talking about. Uh, I have to pull it up because the quote was very. Um, people just didn't know what she was talking about. Well, um, which is interesting because I actually do know one of the references she's making. Uh, because back in okay. two, 2001, it was or 2000, yeah. 2001. Yes, that that's the first one. The first one. So so this this Chrissy posted this IG story, and she she addresses them both individually, and right. she says, "Dear Ash, the, dear Ashton." I know the secrets your quote-unquote role model um, keeps for you, ones that would end you. Did you forget I was there? You were on the speakerphone that night when you called Danny on February 21st, 2001. I heard everything. I heard the plan. In my opinion, you're just as sick as your mentor, the mentor being Danny Masterson. And like – obviously yes, that date, the February 21st, 2001, the the, that night she was referring to was – 
the night that uh, a girl that Ashton Kutcher was dating was murdered. Yeah. Um, uh, not a girl. There was some confusion about whether it was actually at the time. I remember when the story actually first came out. It got. It didn't get as much traction at the time. It got a lot more traction uh, more recently during the trial. 2018 because they the man who committed the murder was on trial and he was so Ashton testified. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the the story when it happened. So it was a woman that that Ashton had only gone on a few dates with, not like a girlfriend girlfriend, but he had been on dates with her. So they were seeing each other. Right. And um, yeah, essentially one night on February 21st, 2001, he went to pick her up for a date and she didn't answer. She had already been killed and she was in the house. Like her body was in the house and Ashton was essentially knocking on the door, not, not knowing. Um, And and this is his story. This is what he testified in 2018, that he had no idea. And because it was 2001 and cell phones were not a thing, which is accurate. That is true. In 2001, I had very few of my friends had cell phones. Right. Um, so he's saying, like, I couldn't call her. I couldn't be like, I, I couldn't knock on the door and call her because it was 2001. Cell phones didn't exist. So Ashton's like, so I knocked on the door. She didn't answer. So I left. Um, so that was his story. But the thing is, is what this Chrissy is accusing him of now is saying like, no, I was on the phone with you that night when you were talking to Danny. So you clearly knew something yeah. because because your story was that you had no idea and you learned about it later. The, the woman so, that we're Ashton, speaking of it, is Ashley Ellerin. By the way. Yeah. So just, yeah. Uh... Yeah. And she 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 yeah, So she her own home. And Ashton's, like I said, Ashton's whole story was that he knocked on the door and nobody answered, so he left. And he saw and what then, was spilled wine, which yes, ended up... he saw through a window. He saw a, a like a pool of something on the ground in the kitchen that he just thought was wine. It was blood because she was she had been stabbed fifty seven times, um, and, and and then Ashton himself freaked out and he called. He said that once he learned, he called the police himself to let them know that they will find his finger and hand prints all over the door because he explained it. But it it does not mesh with this story that this Chrissy's saying, like, you were on the phone with Danny for hours that night. And then Chrissy refers to the plan. So people are like, what plan is this? Now, nobody's actually accusing Ashton of committing the murder, as far as I know. They're just accusing him of knowing more than he let on. Yeah. They're like, so... So that is a look, a bad one at that. Um, and th- this Chrissy, too, she has a very, um, sorted's the wrong word, but she has a very checkered. difficult history. Checkered, but not herself. Like, I'm not bashing her character. Uh, her, she has a checkered history with Scientology mm. because she got into Scientology because of Danny. Um, she, and she even said, she's like, Danny forced me to be in it. I did not want to be in it. So when she tried to get out and when she, she made these accusations against Danny Masterson 20 years ago. It's just nobody listened to her until now. Um, Funny how that works. She says that Scientology has made her life miserable for the last 20 years. They've, they've harassed her. They've stalked her. They've, uh, according to her, they've killed two of her dogs. She says two of her dogs were killed very mysteriously. One had a slit throat and one died of poison. And she says that was Scientology trying to silence her this entire time. Um, so this story is just so basically this entire story has gone from from Danny Masterson, convicted rapist, to this mysterious murder. And then 
what what what's going what on with Cri- Mila? Mila is another weird one that they brought the, up. That's the other one. So the other part of this post said, um, "Dear Mila, I pray you begin to process what you experienced as a child on that set. Your old interviews are very telling. I encourage everyone to watch them and decide for yourself what you hear and see. Do before do so before you get they get scrubbed from the internet." I, I also know what happened in Toronto and after that. Question, if that's what you view as normal relationship with a quote-unquote big brother figure, then I feel very sad for you, and I hope you consider getting into therapy. You must all forget I was there the whole time, those first five years of that 70s show. I remember everything. So now people are like, well, what the hell is this about? Um, and, and so nobody, still nobody knows what happened in Toronto that night. But what people are talking about and realizing is that Mila Kunis, like you said, was 14 when the show was cast, 15 when it started filming. She was very much a minor the, mm-hmm. very, the first few years of the show. So what people are taking from this is that basically they're saying that she was taken advantage of by, by I guess, Danny, maybe Ashton. Well, the way that she, Ashton the talks. And Wilmer, honestly, has a, a yeah. checkered... Yeah, with, with the younger... oh, no, Wilmer Wilmer has a history of dating underage, like Mandy Moore, um, Demi Demi Lovato. He dated a lot of celebrities. Lindsay Lohan. Uh, they were all very young. Eighteen. And he was just he was in 18. his he was in his early twenties. But it's a big difference between like you're twenty two and and she you know you're twenty seven and she's twenty two and you're twenty two and she's seventeen. Yeah, big difference there, legally and otherwise. Um, so people are just, and then so people went back and were like, "We're, you know, were Ashton and Mila a couple back then? They weren't. No, like they didn't actually become a couple until 2012, even though they were on the show together. Though Mila has admitted that Ashton was her first kiss, but that was on screen. But still, nobody knows what's happening behind the scenes. But essentially, what this person's accusing is that they were taking advantage of a minor. Um, which, yeah. So this whole thing got really dark. And what's what's also interesting before I like the the thing with Topher Grace is that this Chrissy had only nice good things even now, and she said this over the years. She has only good things to hear talk say about Topher Grace, which makes me very happy. Yeah. Like she, she said, she um, oh she said Topher Grace was the only guy on set with integrity and a moral compass. She's like he was the only nice person on that set, so that makes me very happy. But um. So yeah, so this this woman's just she's she's uh, spilling the tea, as the kids say. Um, so very people are very curious about what happened that night in Toronto, um, and then it, it's become a whole thing. Like people are saying, like were Mila and Ashton in Scientology? And by all by no by all accounts, no, they were never Scientologists. As far um, as you know, because, but Will Smith wasn't a Scientologist either. So well, yes, but the thing is so. But, it, I mean, do you remember the whole mid-aughts when Kabbalah was a big thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Madonna uh, De- and, like, everyone. Yeah, like, Madonna, Demi Moore. Well, Demi Moore, is that's the Ashton. Ashton was very famously into Kabbalah in the mid-aughts, which led people to be like, well, he probably wasn't a Scientologist because Scientologists would not have let him publicly be a, a Kabbalah. Like, they would have put a, you know, a kibosh on it. Um, but now people are saying, like, well, it's... Meal and Ashton, it's possible they wrote these letters because they were being blackmailed by Scientology, being like, we know your secrets. You're going to write these letters supporting Danny Masterson. Otherwise, we're going to tell everything. 
which is what's happened. So, I mean, I don't want to make Mila and Ashton victims, but it's possible they're kind of victims, um, possibly. Because, to remember, like, in all of this, Mila Kunis has not been accused of anything wrong. In fact, what, what's being accused is that she was taken advantage yeah. of as a minor. Um, whereas Ashton is borderline being accused of covering up a murder. Um, but it's just all very, very... So, like, it, that's why I say, like, we lost the plot where this should have all been about Danny Masterson being convicted of rape, being sentenced to 30 years to life. But instead, it's become this whole tangled web that Scientology is very famous for. Hmm. Which makes makes for oddly riveting news for people in a weird way. I would I would say it would make an incredible screenplay, except that would never, never be made. No. Scientologists would never, like, how many... The only the it's incredible that uh, uh, Paul it? Thomas Anderson was able to make the master yeah. with um, with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix. He had to make so many li- take so many liberties with like making sure it was not, you know, he, he would be like, "This is not Scientology." Wink, wink. Like it was not named Scientology. The Philip Seymour Hoffman character is never named L. Ron Hubbard, but he's clearly L. Ron Hubbard. Like it could not have been more obvious it was Scientology, but they couldn't say that it was Scientology. Like you just can't. They have so much power in Hollywood. Like it's not even just you think about the Tom Cruise, John Travolta, but just think about all the lower name actors. They have so much power. They have a that, real like, grip on on the industry. It, and like it was weird because uh, I'm shoot. I hired an intern for when I was doing music supervision and she's like, the, it, it, it was said that things like this were going to happen to me as soon as I joined. And I was like, you joined what? And she's like, Scientology. Mm. I'm like, Oh, okay. You're not going to make it. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, this is, this is, this is, this is how they get you. Like, like we said earlier, like that the whole auditing process is when you join the, and a lot of people join, like, like I said, like the, not Arcanon, Al-Anon and Narcanon, like so people like they do feed on people at their weakest but a lot of people join like through like networking events that they don't realize they're jo- like that's occult work you join and you don't realize you joined a cult until it's too late uh, because that's how they get you they get you to they audit they what they call auditing and they get you to spill your deep I don't know how exactly they get you to spill your deepest darkest secrets but once you do they've got you you get your reading I believe is where yeah. it starts from. Oh yeah, if and if you're in if you're in LA, if you've ever been to Hollywood, like walk down Hollywood Boulevard, you see them set up shop. There they got two where two like, setups. There's two, oh yeah, they, two they'll be like you know the, what do they call it like free something to, free stress test they call yes. it a stress test that's what and that's is. how they get you. Um, and I've seen there's a, there's several Scientology buildings on Hollywood Boulevard. One of them, like I've seen them, they stand outside. They're dressed, always dressed immaculately, like three-piece suits and things. And I've seen them try to pull tourists in. Specifically, I've seen them try to pull tourists in who clearly do not speak English. Oh. And they, it's almost like once they get you in, it's like I've seen – like I would see these – I almost want to intervene. I'd be like – I'd see these tourists get pulled in to their to – their, they call it a – it's a bookstore. Um, and yeah. I'd almost be like I really want to stop this because I have a feeling you're never going to see this family again. <laughs> Like it's terrifying. They're a terrifying organization. And if you've ever seen them read or seen the documentary going clear, it's terrifying. Um, Tom Cruise is a psychopath. Mm. See, John Travolta, John Travolta is a different example where he got pulled. He, he actually got pulled in by Kirstie Alley back in the set. Uh, like, not back shocking. In the day. 
Yeah. Um, and and be and the the always the theory was that that he had so many skeletons in his closet. Like it's a poorly kept secret that John Travolta was gay. Like it's not even like a secret. It's like a open secret. So people were like, they must have something far worse on him because people know that he's gay. So that's not what they're hiding. That's not what they're holding over him because. He's always been painted more as a victim who got involved and can't get out. Tom Cruise has never been painted as a victim. Tom Cruise is painted as like the evil overlord. Like there's only one person in Scientology higher up than Tom Cruise. David Miscavige. He's the head of Scientology. Right. Tom Cruise is essentially second. So there's nobody higher. But so it's uh, so Tom it's, so if you watch Going Clear, John Travolta is literally painted as this simpleton who got caught up and now can't get out. Well, That's I think essentially... I think the uh, the John Travolta was like he was struggling like post his peak of the 70s. Yeah. And look who's talking now was how Chrissy Alley and then you go to look who's talking to and yeah. the whatever the third one was. Yeah. Look who's talking now? Look who's talking look who's talking now was it's look who's talking. Look who's talking to look T-O-O, who's talking now. And then uh, look who's talking now. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, like, and, and, and it, again, it does, I, a lot of people look to Scientology to help their careers, and it has, it do, because of their stranglehold on Hollywood, it does help your career, but I would not, I think there are other ways to go about it, no. um, but yeah, so I mean, so this whole thing, it, it's been a wild week, a wild week, um, it's an issue. so yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's that there. I, I do, yeah, I do um, want to see how this plays out because if Ashton Kutcher was lying to the cops and on trial somehow perjuring himself, like, yeah, because there, um, there was talks of like the, the guy who went away for her murder happened to be mur- murdered other, like it, it yeah. brings up a lot of questions of like, oh, they just pinned it on the guy because he had done other things. Not to say that well, he yeah, didn't. he was he was. Tri- uh, I I don't have his name in front of me, uh, yeah. but he was tried. Michael Gargiola, uh, Gargiolo, um, he was tried and convicted of this murder, and he was he was a uh, a serial killer essentially. He was actually known as the Hollywood Ripper. Yes, but yeah, like people are like, is there any more to this? Like people, people are now like looking into it. Like, is this just a weird coincidence that Ashton Kutcher just so happened to walk in on a, or not even walk in, but like show up when like when the serial killer had already hit, or is this something more? Um, but it's just gotten wild, and and people are like, well, so now are, are like Mila and Ashton canceled? Like, is this gonna what what is it? I, I mean, it's that's the least what people should be worried about. No. But I don't like they're not. I don't even really consider them working actors much anymore. They don't have like, to work. Exactly. That's just it. Like I can't tell you the last thing. I mean, Ashton did Two and a Half Men after Charlie Sheen left, and he but, made a bank doing it too. Well, and, and Mila Kunis makes a fortune doing Family Guy, but I don't think people. It doesn't register in people's heads that she's on Family Guy because she only does the Meg voice, and a lot of people don't even think about a voice when they hear it because she doesn't do a lot on camera. Um, but Ashton is—he's basically he's a venture capitalist now. Like he got in—he—he's—he's he's become very well known for how early he's gotten in on on companies that like turned out to be wildly successful. 
Yes. Like he was one of the early investors in Uber and Twitter. So Ash, Ashton is worth several hundred million dollars. He does not need to act at all. Um, but I don't know what it'll do for their career because it's certainly a bad look. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, everything about it. On top of the producing stirring. things, it's like he had, you know, he has his production company. Like he had the ranch. Go figure that one. Uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed the ranch. So did I. I I'm not I, gonna the, lie either. Fir- that first season, I enjoyed it. Like great cast. Well, great cast. Looking back, not so much. But you know, it was Danny Masterson and, and Ashton Kutcher reunited. The parents were played by Sam Elliott, all-time great actor, and Deborah Winger, great actress. Like it was a funny show. I didn't watch it after the first season. Yeah. Uh, a, a friend of a friend of the show had a great podcast about it. Uh, yeah, you know, our friend had a, uh, had a, the podcast was titled, uh, a side, a side of ranch, yeah. a side of ranch. But the joke was, is that it was ostensibly a podcast about the show, the ranch. But the joke was, is that he never got around to talking about the ranch. He would just talk like, he'd be like us. Like, imagine if we called ourselves like a podcast about a show, but we just talk like this and never mention the show. Uh, like it, it, be, it becomes the. It becomes the 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 Jimmy uh, Jimmy Kimmel Matt Damon thing, where at the very end you're like, oh, we should have brought up the ranch. Oh, we talk about that when it comes to um, God, uh, what do we normally talk about? We we, we Foot, oh, footy scran, footy scran, footy scran. But I'm scran. like, if yes, we went a, footy scran podcast or whatever the heck, but we, we never did. talk about but, it. We never but, talk about it. So the, so his idea for the pod and and um, side uh, of ranch is of actually Kevin. a good podcast name. In general, it's a great, it's a great name. Better than this, and, uh, better than, way better than what happened to us. The way, uh, I, it's, I mean, it, true, it's a fitting true. name. It's a fitting spelling because it, it's never going to get traction because of how I spelt, spelled, mm. spelt, spelled. Yeah, well, again, like like I mentioned over the years, I thought you were having a stroke. Yeah, I know. Um, but you know, it's cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it's grown. Uh, it's grown on us. The name. Let's put. Let's the, be honest. Let's. Uh, the real, real quick, um, but go. before we run out of time, one thing we've also, uh, forgotten, and this is not Scientology related, but, um, Drew Barrymore's having a week. Oh yes. Uh, I was going to bring her she's, up. Yeah. She, speaking of, uh, getting, getting canceled, oh. um, she is, she's bringing her show back, uh, which I have watched exactly once because it was at a, I was dog sitting at a house that didn't have cable. They only had networks, and it just was like on at two in the afternoon or whatever time it airs. Uh, I found it fairly insufferable because I as I I enjoy her enjoyed her as an actress over the years, but her actual personality is is kind of odd. She's an odd person, um, but yeah. So she's since the strikes have started. This is she she's bringing her show back now. Um, and she, her explanation, it's the same explanation. A lot of people do saying like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I I'm bringing so it as many... a news show is what she's saying. Yeah. And I employ, and you know, it's the thing a lot of people say we're like that, you know, there, and we've discussed this, that there's, you know, a show is so much, so much more than just writers and actors. Obviously writers and actors are probably the biggest part, but like an entire, you know, like a lot of people are out of work because of these strikes. So her, so her reasoning, I guess, to herself is that I'm, I'm coming back because I'm providing all these jobs, but she's crossing picket lines. She, she's a lot of people, she's a, scab. a lot of people are confused. She's not breaking. She's not crossing the sag line. She's be, 
because technically she's totally fine as far as SAG is concerned because like we like discussed before, SAG has their television code, which allows for talk shows to exist. So she's not crossing that picket line. No. What she's, she's crossing the writer's picket line. And here I'll explain this. If uh, I, I, the one thing I actually do know why she's breaking, like she's coming back announcing as her show, as a news show, she's bringing on a news desk. She's changed it around to make it look as though this is just going to be a, I'm giving you the news. Yeah. What the problem is, broadcast news, their writers, their agreement isn't up until next year. So that's why Good Morning America is still going and all those morning talk shows mm-hmm. that are news-oriented shows are still airing and being done because they're they're still in place. Yeah. They're allowed. But this is – her show is under the WGA agreement of entertainment. So the writers would be scabs. Anyone who goes on to work or promote anything on that show yeah. would be yeah, a scab. Yeah, she, she's going to have a big issue with, with guests. And um, Oh, not just that. Visitors of the show, the, the people who go to watch the show are supporting the scab. You know, it's yeah. there's bigger things yeah. to this. And it's going to show, like, other people are going to try and get away with what she's doing. It's a platform that well, she's allowing. So. There's there's three shows specifically that are talk shows with WGA writers. There's Drew Barrymore. There's The Talk. Yep. I don't know about The View. I've not heard anything about The View. Don't know the much. show The Talk. And then there's Jennifer Hudson has her show. And I've heard – their rumors are that Jennifer Hudson's show and The Talk are now coming back because they were kind of testing the waters by seeing what Drew Barrymore would do. But I can't imagine why because Drew Barrymore is getting – dragged oh it's gonna no they wouldn't do it they, they'll see what happens yeah. a sacrificial lamb like it, it yeah, would unless she, they get paid and then you know your credibility within the industry you know it, it matters to the people up top but the people below will not work for you i have a feeling she no i mean so now she's having an issue with guests because of the fact that she can't the people are going to cross the line to be a guest in the future she's going to have trouble guests because people are going to remember this mm-hmm. they're going to remember because Again, she's not like the SAG. She's not crossing the SAG line, but the SAG people are very much in solidarity, solidarity with, the writers. with the writers. So she's going to have a yeah. It's going to be bad. And, and people and people be- are also like, so people have said like, okay, well, if you want to support your cast and crew, you've got a lot of money. Like all the other nighttime talk shows, like Fallon Kimmel. Well, Fallon's Fallon, no. kind of Kimmel, Fallon's had some issues where his Myers, writers been like he's not supporting us, but like Colbert, Colbert, Seth yeah. Myers, those uh, few. Kimmel, they're supporting, they're paying for their staff. Yeah, this whole time. Yeah, which is what you sh- one would think you should do, uh, which is why they're they're. I mean, they've not even been on, they've not been on the air, but their staff is taken care of. Drew yeah. Barrymore probably could have quietly done that, but she chose not to. Fallon doesn't want to do that. Fallon's being held like the fact that they're doing that. Uh, the podcast, what is it? Uh, talk Strike Force Strike, Strike Force, Force Five. Five. Clever like, name. Clever it is name, good. It's way. a fantastic name, but I'm like, because I, it, it, yeah, I would mute Jimmy the whole time. Fallon. Yeah, no. I, in fact, I'm curious. So it, that that's so yeah. That that podcast is um, it's it's Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Colbert, Seth Meyers, and uh, John Oliver. Ah. Um, and I don't really, John Oliver. I don't even know if it's an issue because I don't even think his show would be filming now anyway. But it's obviously he he is very much and he needs great the, writers and he's all about that. So. Oh God, his show's all about yeah. Yeah. Uh, all these guys acknowledge. I mean, they've acknowledged from day one that they're nothing without their writers. Oh. They're not. They're not. Like I drew Barrymore has sort of a hubris where she's like, oh, we can do it without the writers. 
No, you can't. Good luck. No, you can't. I'm uh, sorry. I'm like, I'm, I might not be in the way. level, but I'm like, uh, yeah, try it. Uh, just try it. Just try. Um, just try. It's not easy. Everyone's like, oh, are you working? I'm like, well, no, there's not much for me to do. If I anything I write now can't be done. So it's like yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll peck away at some things that I've like old stuff. But uh, I have You've a meeting a with a producer about the film that got shut down because of COVID. And now it's like we were there again. And it's like we could get away. It, it was written pre strike. So that's one thing. Um, we could get through all the disclaimers that are required. Yeah, you could probably get a waiver. We could get a shot. It. Like that's yeah. not a thing. It's like we just have to have an agreement that we would meet with what's going it, on with SAG. It's just a bad look overall. Like there, so so the um, over the last few weeks, the Venice Film Festival. Like we, I think last week we were talking about like Adam Driver. Oh, and, he crushed um, it. Um, and yeah, what was it, who was the. Uh, um, Jessica Chastain had a great quote yeah. as well. So like, so the the Venice Film Festival and the this this past week was the Toronto Film Festival, and I think people are still confused when they see actors promoting going to these film festivals and promoting their movies, because, but these guys are allowed to because they've got like they're you're they're allowed to promote these films that are not under like you know, they have an agreement with films. a production company to pay what they're demanding it's like everything yeah. is agreed upon like they the, the production companies these smaller production companies have met the demands of sag and the wga and so things can be done as long as those agreements are met so but the, the optic in the, the optics of this i think it's because so many people misunderstand how the strikes work that mm. the optics seem bad because like if you don't know that you might think did Jessica Chastain? Is, did she cross the line? No. I no, guarantee you, no, no one's done anything, and they're worried about crossing the line. They don't want to do that. Oh God, no! Yeah, they, they, they are very yeah, because you don't want your career ended. So you know this. It's yeah. It's just it'll take a bit, but so it, I, it's it's it, they're fighting the right fight. We're doing the right thing. So on that note, yeah, Nate, I, I mean, I, I hope it's I hope I mean because what we're it's like day one thirty or one it's we're in the one thirties for the writers I think yeah and then the the what it's the longest strike month, ever by the sag's writers. been a month behind or something yeah. wasn't that like a month later a month and a half or so I I think it, they said it's the I mean it's the longest strike since the nineteen eighties the eighty okay, strike yeah yeah so yeah. it was a hundred days for the one in two thousand eight and then it was like the eighty six strike was long and it's going to be longer than that now because they, they and there's no and we have, backing down now. We and we haven't even gotten to the 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 when the viewers are really going to start noticing. It's when when the fall shows don't come out. Yep, that's when they're going to notice. Like all you know, the, over the, all over the year, summer, there is no TV. All of this year, it, no over TV. the summer, you're like, oh, shows are in rerun anyway. But now, once the fall starts, you're like, oh shit, there's nothing to watch. Yeah, you're gonna get the Geico Caveman again. Watch. God, what a what a wasted opportunity that was. Some of the greatest commercials of all time, and they turned it into one of the worst sitcoms of all time. Oh, absolutely. And on that note, a fine, fine note to end the show on. We'll, we'll get out mm -hmm. of your hair, everyone. Enjoy your weekend or whenever you're listening to this show because randomness is what we do. Mm -hmm. This could be a month mm -hmm. later, let's be honest. Some people could not... Steve. And I just, I want to be clear. I'm, we're not accusing Ashton Kutcher of murder. 